you're listening to the Delta Godcast, a devotional and conversational podcast for Christian youth. Hello everyone, my name is Francis and I'm one of the leaders of Delta High C Ministry. My hope and prayer for our students is that all of you will have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and live your lives to glorify Him. Before we begin the passage reading and the devotion, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever heard the voice of the devil, who is the enemy of God? If you have, and how did it affect you, and how did you respond to it? Or do you believe that Satan doesn't exist? If we want to live as a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to realize that we're living in a spiritual battle every single day. In fact, even during this time, as you're listening to the podcast, and all of us need to learn how to fight against the tactics of our spiritual enemy. Please pause this podcast and open your Bible with me to Isaiah chapter 36, verse 4 to 10. I'll be reading it in NIV. After reading this passage, I want you to keep your Bibles open. The field commander said to them, Tell Hezekiah, this is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war, but you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending, that you rebel against me? Look, I know you are depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who depend on him. But if you say to me, we're depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before this altar? Come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you two thousand horses, if you can put riders on them. How then can you repulse one officer of the least of my master's officials, even though you're depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Furthermore, have I come to attack and destroy this land without the Lord? The Lord himself told me to march against this country and destroy it. Before we dive into this specific text, I hope to give you some context on this passage. In the beginning of chapter 36, the king of Assyria sends his commander and his great army to invade Judah. The Assyrian commander with his great army succeeded in getting inside the capital city called Jerusalem, which is surrounded by all the fortified cities of Judah for protection. The commander attempts to intimidate and terrify the people to stop relying on the Lord for help. We will discover how the Satan, our spiritual enemy, tries to attack us by examining the text today. The Assyrian commander mocks the faith that some of the people of Judah had in the Lord, as written in the verses 4-5. to This is what the great king, the king of Assyria, says, On what are you basing this confidence of yours? You say you have counsel and might for war. But you speak only empty words. On whom are you depending, that you rebel against me? The Assyrian commander here is basically telling the people of Judah, Why have you not surrendered yet? Why don't you serve us as your king for protection instead of the Lord your God? In the same way, when all of us are in a difficult and desperate situation for help, this is how our spiritual enemy, the Satan, attacks us. He tells us to give up in trusting in God. He tells us to put our hope in someone or something else instead. When you were put in these difficult times, did you ever feel inclined to trust someone or something else rather than God? Another way Satan attacks us is by feeding lies to our heart. He uses these partial truths to take our attention away from God and draws it to himself. Let's look at the verse 6. Look, I know you're depending on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff, 
which pierces the hand of anyone who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who depend on him. It is true that some of the people of Judah trusted in Egypt instead of the Lord because of their sinful nature. However, what is cunning about the Assyrian commander's scheme here is that he addresses these truths so that those who had put their trust in Egypt will be mocked and they will start relying on Assyria. The commander also informs the people of Judah of another partial truth to prevent people from worshiping the Lord in the right way as written in verse 7. But if you say to me, we're depending on the Lord our God, isn't he the one whose high places and altars Hezekiah removed, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before this altar? This is also true that the king of Judah and Hezekiah did command his people to stop worshiping God on high places because this is how false gods were worshipped. However, the Assyrian commander twists this truth so that those who worship the Lord on high places would take Hezekiah's words to be offensive. He did this so that the Israelites would continue to worship God in false ways by going to the high places. Aren't these cunning words of the Assyrian commander very similar to the spiritual attacks of the Satan? In the New Testament, Satan twisted the scripture truth to tempt Jesus, hoping that Jesus will submit to Satan's authority. But Satan's lies did not affect Jesus because Jesus knew the scriptures. Third, Satan tries to terrify us by making God appear small and weak when we are in dark and desperate situations. In the passage, the Assyrian commander intimidates Judeans during this time of invasion as written in verses 8 to 9. Come, come now, make a bargain with my master, the king of Assyria. I'll give you 2,000 horses if you can put riders on them. How then can you repulse one officer of the least of my master's officials, even though you're depending on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? The Assyrian commander tries to lure the frightened minds of the people of Judah to submit to his authority by emphasizing the weakness of Judah's army and by comparing it to the greater strength of the Assyrian army. In the same way, Satan tries to deceive us as if he's stronger and wiser than the Lord. Satan also tries to make us anxious by making us focus on our weaknesses, which creates doubt in our minds about the greatness and faithfulness of our God. Finally, Satan is good at lying. He will lie to us as if he is speaking on behalf of the Lord, as written in verse 10. Furthermore, have I come to attack and destroy this land without the Lord? The Lord himself told me to march against this country and to destroy it. It might be true that God allowed the cities of Judah to be captured by the Assyrian army, but God did not command the Assyrian king to send his army to attack Judah. When we are not equipped to fight against Satan, Satan will make us believe his lies. For example, after you have sinned, have you ever heard the voice of Satan telling you that you are so worthless that God cannot love you? We know this is false because it says in 1 John chapter 1, 9, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And it says in Romans chapter 8, 38-39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Satan will do whatever he can to make us fall into despair and he will try to separate us from God. So we always need to rely on God to keep us spiritually awake and seek his help every single day by putting on the full armor of God as written in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 18. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Let me end this devotion with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to conquer death, to give us new spirit in life in Jesus Christ. Until the day of Christ's return, we recognize that the Satan will continue to attack us to doubt your faithfulness and by lying to us that your ways are not good for us. However, we pray that you will help us to trust you and your word at all times understanding and believing that Jesus Christ has already won the ultimate battle against Satan by dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead, giving us a new life here and eternally in heaven, while Satan will be put to eternal doom in hell. We pray that you will give us strength to fight against our sins and against the temptation from the Satan. Please forgive us, for we often forget to rely on you, and we try to fight in our own strength. Please help us to walk in a manner worthy of Christ for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thanks for listening today. The Lord be with you in everything you do for the glory of God.